0: You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and I'm joined today with the Jason Aponte, host of the Sprint Ride Option Pod, host of Oh Hey There Pod, and writer for Niners Nation. Jay, I missed you, man. It's been a while since you've been on the pod. How's life?
0: Steph, it's a joy. And anytime that you ask me, I will come running. And look at our team right now. Two wins in a row. Because. And it's so funny how week-to-week this team looks and what the the outcomes are. And now, Fortnite fans are super excited, you know, right now for their team. Not and all of them. Not and all of them. Be. Well, ah. Uh, we I've got issues. We I've got issues. <laughs> I've got issues with those fans, but Forty fans, <laughs> on a whole, right yeah. now, they feel yeah, good I'm about happy. their team, and they should. I'm happy.
1: I'm happy, and I know you're happy about your Yankees. So excited! You even brought out the the Yankees drip today. But we they were loved. playing
0: today. They're not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I wasn't gonna tell anyone. You didn't have to admit that, but you decided care. to. That's so, fine. Right. Yeah, I'm, okay.
0: not excited. I'm that excited. I might wear the excited. same thing tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not excited. I, I've been listening to Empire State of Mind by Jay Z, on on repeat. 30 times in a row just because they won one playoff game. That's how much of a Yankee fan I am at this point.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I that's mean, I yeah. Put, yeah. I-, I won't judge you if we were the same thing tomorrow, by the way. I'm not, no. I'm not, you know, that's that's fair. That's fair. I'd probably do the same. All right. Well, we got a lot to uh, cover today. Um, as you guys know, I do the weekly preview videos. Today, we're going to be talking about the 49ers defense, all the injuries there, and how they match up. Against this Falcons offense, or yeah, offense. Uh, so the 49ers, let, let's start with some news, okay? So the 49ers, they worked out a number of defensive linemen and kickers this week, and they landed on signing kicker Sam Sloman and uh defensive lineman Ty McGill to the practice squad. Sloman, he's 10 for 13 in his career. Jay, I know you love kicker stats, so I threw that in one in there. And then, and T.Y. I actually,
0: have, <laughs> I have Sloman tidbits too, so. You know, you know, don't 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 hesitate to ask me, but keep going.
1: Okay, All right. And then T.Y. McGill, former Vikings defensive lineman. He had himself a day against the 49ers in that second preseason game. So I'm a fan of that pickup. He might not, you know, play a whole lot of minutes or at all. And honestly, I hope he doesn't, because if he does, it means there's probably more injuries. But uh, I was I was kind of happy for that pickup. I thought it was pretty good at this point in the season. I don't know about you, Jay.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, just real quick on Sloman, Super Bowl champion, Sam Sloman, by the way, um, L.A. Rams, he, you know, he only missed three kicks. So, um, you know, when it comes to McGill, I, I do agree with you, Steph. Uh, if McGill has to take snaps or if he's activated to the roster, um, that isn't the best sign. But when you think about, you know, Nick Bosa possibly will miss this game and if the fan and me could speak, I would say, take your time. We need you one week after. Um, you know, Kerry Hyder, um Ridgeway, it, all these guys can hold it down. Ebu has been great. You know, I understand he has an Achilles injury, you know, based on the turf. And guess what? The 49ers are back on the turf. So I, I feel like the outcome of this game has has largely turned into. Can we just get a win and get guys back on the plane healthy at this point? And look, this is no disrespect to the Atlanta Falcons, but if the 49ers are the team that we believe that they are, especially defensively, Nick Bosa doesn't have to play in this game for them to finish this one off um, effectively. And I'm not trying to downplay his, his absence. I'm not trying to downplay Manuel Mosley's absence, which is, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted for the young man, but when you look at this team, when you look at the way that they were built, all of the things that you believed about this team and was spoken about in terms of depth and roster is true today. And that's what should have you comfy, right? Like if you really believed all that stuff that you said in the offseason about this defensive line being, you know, having a ton of depth and this roster being super deep, This is, unfortunately, it happened too early. Week uh, five is not when you want to test this depth, but here we are, and they still have that depth, so you should still feel the same way.
1: Facts. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I mean, they're already testing this depth, but that's why they have this depth to begin with. I mean, of course, part the rotation that they like to do, keeping their guys fresh is part of it, but also, you know, injuries tend to happen, so... Um, You know, next man up, as they say. Uh, Let's talk about some of the other guys who are next man up. So Tevin Coleman, he was signed to the active roster and the 49ers re-signed Marlon Mack to their practice squad. They released Kurt Benkert from the practice squad. And as far as injury news goes, I know you guys probably have already heard all of these before. But just in case you guys have been living under a rock Uh, MRIs did confirm that Emmanuel Mosley suffered a torn ACL and he'll miss the rest of the season. And so the question now becomes, what are the 49ers' options at corner? And I know we're all patiently waiting for Jason Verrett to come back. He's in his 21-day window to return uh, and get activated to the team. And and I'm not so sure that happens this week, right? I mean, they're playing on turf once again. Uh, You know, I, I don't know if we can we can risk uh, Verrett and I don't know if he's ready, you know, to be frank. So um, let's just say this week, if Jason Verrett isn't out there, Jason, like who, who would you want starting on the outside? They definitely have some options.
0: And I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think one thing that is being lost upon this discussion is yes, the Falcons are next and then the Rams are next, but there's a bye week right there, for everyone to collectively get healthy in one way or another. I wouldn't be upset if Ambry Thomas was out there this week, because here's two things. In my eyes, I feel he's regressed. But in one way that he won't regress is the fact that D'Amico Ryans has progressed as a defensive coordinator. And think about this. Ambry Thomas, in his first start, was tasked with guarding Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd in some form or fashion. And D'Amico Ryans didn't leave him out there one-on-one against, you know, any of those guys, right? Like, they ran a lot more zone, and they pushed things his way. I do believe that the reason that this defense is so successful and the reason that we can rest on the depth of this defense is D'Amico Ryans. So, every Thomas can play this week, Samuel Womack might be out there. Hey, maybe D'Amato Lenore is out there. All three of those guys have shown one way or another at this level that they've been fine. And you can get away with it this week. When you look at the Falcons, and this is what I talk about because so many people are so wrapped up in the whole, well, there's a trap game. You know, you can't overlook the Falcons. Okay, and that's fine. You know, you Mm -hmm. shouldn't humbly overlook over a a team, right? But I would argue that the Carolina Panthers present more problems stylistically, offensively, their wide receivers, than the Falcons do. Drake is a rookie. So Mooney Ward's got him. Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts, even when he was healthy, if he does play in this game one way or another, you know, we'll see. The Falcons haven't found a way to get him involved at all. Like, it's, Kyle Pitts is a general, generational tight end, and they still haven't found a way to get him involved. Um, like, are you starting to see where I'm going with this? Or am I supposed to be worried about uh Zacchaeus or whoever whoever's the next guy? Like, this is a perfect game for the 49ers, and there's no perfect game, right? You know, for for an injury to happen. But this is a perfect game for the 49ers to be able to combat all of this because the Falcons don't pose stylistically any threat in terms of the way that other people do. Kansas City Chiefs, if you had to run this team right now w- with the way that they are against the Kansas City Chiefs, you're in trouble. But we're not. You play who's on the schedule. The Atlanta Falcons are in front of you. Stylistically, they don't present the problems that people believe that they do.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Because like I, When I was like preparing for this episode and I was looking at the Falcons receivers, I was like, okay, they got Drake London. He's good. Uh, but then I was looking at the other guys and I was like... Who? Like, who Who are these guys? Um, I mean, yeah, I've heard of them, but it's like, I agree. I think it's a good game for, you know, potentially Ambry Thomas to, you know, play out there. Womack. I mean, they have options, right? We could continue to see Lenore at nickel and maybe they put Womack outside. We could maybe see Lenore outside and they put Womack back at the slot. Um, and then... Again, keeping Lenore at nickel, but Ambry Thomas outside. So they have options. And I think whatever they decide to do, I I trust D'Amico Ryans for sure on this and and what they do. And just know it's just going to be this game. And when Jason Verrett is back, I would expect Verrett to be on the outside opposite, uh, you know, Mooney Ward. So I think they're good there. Uh, I've seen a lot of fans saying, well, we need to trade for a corner. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. Dante Johnson will be back on this 53-man roster before they go and trade for another corner. Just remember that. And, uh, yeah, I just don't see that happening. But they they have options. And and like you said, Jay, I think, you know, it's going to be okay. Next man up to this point has gone pretty well for this 49ers defense, and I would expect that to continue. Let's talk about Nick Bosa because he has a chance to play uh, on Sunday, according to Kyle Shanahan, you know. He missed part of uh, last week's game because he had some groin tightness and he still wasn't well enough to practice today, but I guess there's a chance. You said, Jay, that you know you think they could probably rest him in this one, and I, I would agree, actually. I mean, it's the Falcons. Again, you don't want to overlook your opponents, but considering the fact, again, that they're playing you know, on turf and, you know, I, I don't know. You, you want to have Nick Bosa ready for that Chiefs game. That's what I do know. So um, I, I feel like they could probably rest him a little. But I also wonder if they're just making it seem like Bosa might go just for a competitive advantage. You know, Kyle Shanahan loves to do all that. So that that's that's kind of what I wonder. But I, I personally, you know, if if Nick Bosa's kind of like, eh, I, I would just rest him, you know.
0: Yeah, and this is where D'Amico Ryans comes into play. And this is why, as a defensive coordinator, you're seeing things that you haven't seen Robert Sala, Vic Fangio, both in their own right, defensive coordinators that are great, both of them have been head coaches. But D'Amico is so good at generating pressure from other places, right? Like from his nickel, from double A gap blitzes, and, and things like that. I don't see the need to rush him out in this game. And I do really believe that there are two people that you need to have completely ready for next week's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is not the 49ers overlooking the Kansas City Chiefs. This is Jason and Steph overlooking the Falcons and talking about the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah, we're allowed to overlook the Falcons. Oh, we
0: can do whatever we want. We're not playing. Steph, are you playing? Are you playing Sunday? No. I mean, I might
1: put my jersey on, but, you know, I'm not.
0: Hey, if they asked me to lace it up, I would actually downgrade the 49ers, but (laughs) um, I'm not being asked to be laced up. Two people need to be ready for this Kansas City Chiefs game. Trent Williams, Nick Bosa. Both of those guys need to be ready. And if you have to sacrifice them for this game, and if we believe that this team is who they are, then they should handle business against the Atlanta Falcons team. I really, truly believe that a lot of the nervousness that is being put around this game, right? Trap game, oh my God, don't overlook the Falcons, has to do with... Two divisional games that the Atlanta Falcons have played, that they lost to the New Orleans Saints, and they lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks. But I would remind you that divisional games are close. And if the Atlanta Falcons play three quarters in the way that they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, against the San Francisco 49ers, that fourth quarter will not be a chance for a comeback. It will be can you make the score this close? Because they will not be able to come back that close. Like, it's 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 so strange to me that I've asked this question, and I'll ask this question to you, Steph. Is this Falcons team that you see in front of you right now better than the Falcons team that went into Santa Clara last season? Cordell Patterson's not playing. Kyle Pitts might go. Drake London's there. I would say they took a step back at quarterback. Um, Is this team that you saw last season that played the 49ers in Santa Clara better than the team that's in front of you this week? No. Mm -hmm. So, again, the 49ers probably are not going to play this game with Nick Bosa. They're probably not going to play. They're clearly not going to play with Emmanuel Moseley. Jimmy Ward is not going to play. Okay. You're still better. Than this team. And defensively, you can still lock up the thing because I feel like there's still a narrative out there about the 49ers struggling against running quarterbacks. And allow me to disparage that narrative. Justin Fields had 100 yards on October 30th last season. That was the last time a running quarterback had more than 24 rushing yards against the San Francisco 49ers. So, I don't want to hear about the running quarterback narrative. That's gone. That's completely gone. This is 2020. Let's go Yeah. This is not 2020. This is D'Amico Ryan's defense. So, Justin Fields, yes, on October 30th, October, October 31st, I'm sorry, last season, had 101, 104 rushing yards on 10 rushing attempts. Cool. It hasn't happened since. Kyler Murray was largely bottled up. At all, every single time you, you face a running quarterback, the 49ers have answered the bell. Now, you could make the argument, Nick Boles is not there, Eric says not there. Okay, fine. But at the same time, this whole idea that Marcus Mariota presents this new challenge that the San Francisco 49ers have never seen or will be somehow blindsided by is overblown just overblown a bit. Come on. Like, like, come on. It's still Marcus Mariota guys. Like when did Marcus Mariota become the guy that you're super afraid of? Like I, I look, I'm not trying to disparage him because he's an NFL quarterback. He's obviously played in the league, but come on, come on. He's not think, Kyler. He's not Russ. He's not Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry. I think,
1: I it. think what it comes from though is one, it's, it's 49 ers fans projecting their own fears, but it's also because of what we've seen from this team before where they've had those weird games where they do play down to bad opponents. And so I think that's what some fans are like, Oh, it was a road game. This feels like one of those games. Like, and
0: that's fair.
1: But but to your point, if, if the 49ers are as good as we think and they handle business, even with these injuries, they should Take care of business, you know. Uh, so I think that's what it all comes down to. Uh, let's finish up some of these uh, injury updates. Samson Ebukam and Aaron Banks. That both one miss- hurts. Yeah, they both missed practice today because they're both dealing with some tendonitis due to playing on the turf uh, this past weekend. Um, hopefully they could play. I mean. I- I don't really know. Uh, you know, it's Wednesday, but there's still some time to get them going. Obviously, if Nick Bosa and Ebukam are out, it's not a good thing. Uh, Eric Armstead, he's been declared out already, still dealing That's with fine. his ankle injuries. The 49ers' entire starting defensive line missed practice today. Uh, not great, but also, um, I mean, again, I, I trust Tamiko Ryans, man. I'm, well, this Steph, depth is really good. stuff. Yeah,
0: that line that was run out there for practice – Is team starting lines.
1: And And and, yeah, yeah, it is. And this is
0: the point about this team. That's why everyone's excited about this team. That's why when I make declarations like this defense is better than 2012's defense, sure. You want to put your front four up there? Cool. Maybe that front four is better than this starting four. The depth behind this line is not better. It's just not. And it, it wasn't better in 2012, it wasn't better in 2019. And that's what makes you excited about this team. Kerry Hyder was someone that people completely forgot about. Okay, give him snaps. I'm good with it. He would start for many teams. So, again, this is what you need to remember when you look at this team. Sure, you lost Nick Bosa. Nobody's going to scoff at that. Emmanuel Mosley playing out of his mind. I am gutted for the young man because he was going to get paid and he was playing so well. Jimmy Ward hasn't played Aziz Alshayesh. Think about this. Let me ask you this, real quick, Steph. If a team lost their starting quarterback, starting running back, starting left tackle, starting, uh, uh, starting safety, free safety, starting linebacker, starting quarterback two, starting nose tackle, and and, and interior defensive lineman, how many of these teams would actually be able to function <laughs> properly? Let alone us being say, and saying. This is somehow a trap game for the 49ers. I think that's the best way to look at it.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, to say that this is this is just a trap game is actually a, a blessing like wow, we're we're that good. We're you know, we still have a chance to win this game despite all of those injuries. And I wouldn't even say we have a chance. I like I still feel like this 49ers team should be the favorites to win this game despite all of those injuries. So yeah, I mean it just speaks to how deep this team is. Look, we're we're about what, twenty minutes into this episode and we still haven't gone through all the injuries yet. That's how crazy this is right now. Jimmy Ward, he had surgery on his broken hand yesterday, Tuesday. He's in a cast now, and Cal Shannon said he could play in a cast, which would be badass. Um Club. Like a- yeah, we love that. In a couple of weeks, brings back those uh, Bowman and, and Willis vibes. Uh, but the team won't know. if Get he'll a pick be able with to... the
0: club, Ward. Get a Hit... pick with the club, man, please.
1: That's iconic. Like, I... Oh, yeah. Put oh, him yeah. out there with the club. I don't care. <laughs> I would like to see it, but we won't know for sure if he'll be able to until like after he gets reevaluated mm-hmm. in 10 days. But look, the silver lining with that is that Sean Gibson has been playing Pretty freaking great, I would say. And I would expect that to continue this week. You know, they don't miss a beat at uh, safety. It's obviously a shame that Jimmy Ward hasn't been able to play this season. He only played the one snap. He he got hurt on the opening kickoff. Like, he, that's the only snap he's played this season, and that's obviously a shame. Well, he
0: played – right, so real quick, Steph, he played one snap defensively. Yeah. But this, again, speaks to the depth of this team. He played down in the box where Gibson and Hufanga were still up top. This is how deep this team is, and this is what they think of those safeties. Again, so Jimmy Ward played two snaps. Technically, you know, if you count that, I don't think that counts as a snap. But, but at the same time, that flexibility and that sort of thought process was something that would have not been even thought about when you think about how he's injured. And 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 what Jimmy Ward brings. It's it's so good, man. I I this team is so deep. It really is. I'm sorry, Steph.
1: They're they're so deep. They don't even know they have so many good guys. They they don't even know what to do with them, except they do know what to do with them. They get them on the field, they find a way. D'Amico Ryans is very has been very creative. And as you mentioned, like putting Ward in the box, you know, trying to put them on the field. Like, get get all your best guys on the field. Like, that's what D'Amico Ryans is doing. Uh, at all costs and so uh, I appreciate that as well because that is the question right I know there were some people who were like you know Jimmy Ward has to earn his job back I I saw I had a conversation with someone who said that actually I didn't have a conversation with some yeah I didn't have a conversation with them because as soon as they said that I was like okay I'm not (laughs) I can't even have this conversation right now Um, yeah no it's ridiculous I wouldn't have said that but I'm it, I think it also speaks to the fact that Deshaun Gibson has been so good and you want to be able to... You don't want to take Deshaun Gibson off the field because he's been good, I think is what it boils down to. So D'Amico Ryan's finding a way to get all three of his safeties on the field at the same time. Well, he's awesome.
0: And also, Jimmy Ward is probably the best nickel on the team because he takes away tight ends. He takes away slot receivers. Like... This is the ultimate flexibility that you can have, right? Like, if Jimmy Ward is healthy, and this is what I want to preach to 49ers fans that are listening to this. And, you know, you're 49ers fans if you're listening. Reinforcements are on the way. So when you look around the NFC, you look around the NFC, right? Dallas Cowboys are missing their quarterback. They're going to get him back, and then we'll figure out, you know, who they are. Green Bay Packers are who they are. The Tampa Bay Bucks are who they are. The Rams are hoping that Odell Beckham signs. Maybe Van Jefferson shows up. Okay. The 49ers are going to get back the best left tackle in the world. They're starting running back. They're starting free safety, who can be the best nickel corner in this league right now off the bat. This is what makes you excited if you're a 49ers fan. And this is the depth. None of these other teams, and the 49ers are already highly regarded in the NFC already highly regarded in the NFC as a team that will be a team that you don't want to play. But the teams that are ahead of them right now, whatever it is, however you feel, they don't got any help on the way. No help on the way. The 49ers have been doing this and have been showing you while Trent Williams has been injured, while Jimmy Ward has been injured, while Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw have not played, while all of these things are happening. This is what makes you excited going forward. That's how deep this team is. So it's not me being a homer. If I didn't like the 49ers, let's say I was a Cowboys podcaster, I would look around and say, Jesus, the 49ers are about to get some really amazing reinforcements on the way, and they could end up 4-2 on their way to play Kansas City and still in that game have a chance to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Like... They are still moving in that direction. I, this is what makes this team so exciting right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't miss a beat, even, even with all the injuries that you know we've mentioned. Um, okay, one more bit of injury news, because I saved the good news for last. I hope you guys can appreciate that. Uh, Ty Davis-Price is back at practice this week. That's it. That's all the good news. That, that's good. it. But, but we'll take it. We'll, we'll take what we can get. Very good. Um, But look, let's get into this like preview now. Uh So we talked about the defense dealing with more than a few injuries. And so let's start at the defensive line because that's where most of them are. And because I think this game is going to be one in the trenches as it most often is. But I think especially this week, the Falcons love to run the ball. And they've been doing it pretty effectively, a little less effectively without Cordell Patterson, but their intentions are clear. They want to run the ball. So with the injuries that the 49ers have, you know, guys are going to need to step up. Uh, As we mentioned, Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead. Armstead's been declared out. Kinlaw, I'd be surprised if he plays this week. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think so. And and really quickly, because I hate to ask, because – we've been rooting for Ken law, right? Like we've saw him at training camp. You You can tell, like, we can tell that he, he just put a lot of work into his physique and like it's not just appearance, right? You can tell that he lost weight, he cut down. Um, And so he's, he was really doing everything that he could to improve his health. You know, what he can control. Uh, That was obvious. And so, I always want to give the the players the benefit of the doubt. And so I've been doing that, you know, give them the chance to rehab and come back from the injuries. But Kenlaw, you know, that surgery he had last year, that was supposed to be the one that, you know, the hope would be that it cleaned it all up, his knee, right? And that seems to still be bothering him. So, like, I I don't know. The 49ers, like, should we just assume at this point that he's not their guy of the future at, uh, you know, nose tackle.
0: I don't think we should assume that. I think that it looks bad certainly right now. And that's through no fault of Javon's own, you know, at this point. Um, thank you, Christopher. Um, but I, I don't think that's it's through Javon's own fault or anything like that. And it's just it's it's tough, right? I think a lot of what we learned this offseason was We need to start looking at these players as human beings, and these players want to play. There's never a time where a player says, I don't want to play, or I'm injured and I can't play. You know, these guys make their money being on the field, and their time on the field is super limited in terms of any moment could be your last moment on this field. So Javon Kinlaw is doing everything he can, I think, at this point. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm still going to take the approach of I can't say what he's going to be, right? But it's not looking good right now, unfortunately. And he'd probably tell you the same thing, you know, with the injuries and everything. Like, they're trying to give him every opportunity. It's not like the 49ers. The 49ers made a concerted effort to make sure that he was drafted. So it's not like they are just like, oh, well, he's just like some guy. But – Yeah, I would say that with Javon Kinlaw, I don't know what to make of his time here yet, but I'm not ready to write him off in any way. Because when I have seen him on the field, he's held up two blockers. He's been incredible in the run game. And that is something that's invaluable, aside from just being a healthy body who can Mm -hmm. continuously get after linemen. And that's what makes this line so deep and... And dangerous but at the same time I think we're all rooting for Javon Kinlaw but I just I think it would be fair to say right now that we don't know at this point and it's year three and yeah, that an for some fans thing. is frustrating and I understand that yeah
1: yeah exactly like that's the unfortunate thing and so we've all been very anxious waiting to see like what is Kinlaw going to do this year and you know we just haven't been able to see that yet um, so hopefully the 49ers get him back soon. Um, but in the meantime, you know, Kevin Givens, he's been a guy who has stepped up pretty big and he's been, he even got, he's been great. He, he's got some love from Baldy breakdowns this week. We love to see that. Um, and this week he's going to be matching up most against the Falcons right guard, Chris Lindstrom. And statistically, he's probably the Falcons best offensive lineman. He's given up just one sack five pressures on the season, but he also graded out well in run blocking. I'd say that's his strength. Uh, PFF gave him a 91.7 run blocking grade for the season. So I'd say this is probably a big matchup for Givens. You know, it might be a bit of a challenge, but as we said, you know, Givens has looked great so far. And so that, that is a matchup for me to watch, right? Because when we talk about the Falcons and how they like to run the football, you know, clogging things up in the middle is going to be huge for this defensive line. Um, now,
0: yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I, I, I hear you, and I think that's a, that's a great call when it comes to Lindstrom. But here's where I'm gonna bank on D'Amico. D'Amico is not gonna just let that fly over and over, right? And just say, oh, front four, go get him, right? Like, you know, when you think about the way that Fred and Greenlaw have actually been blitzing way more even if it's still at a lesser rate than most teams they still have eyes on all of those things and I do think that this is the week where I'm gonna call it this is gonna be a D'Amico masterclass like where D'Amico has this front four that ha- is largely replacements right and and we don't know the totality of it right like we don't know if Ebucom's is gonna play okay but either way I'm going to hitch my wagon to D'Amico Ryan's and being able to stop this 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 run game. Apply pressure with Fred, with Greenlaw, mm-hmm. with whoever's going to be there at nickel. Send a little bit more. Trust the fact that you have a cover corner on the back end who will be able to knock off one guy easily. Right? This is something the 49ers have not had in a long time. Right? Like, you know, Emmanuel Mosley might have been that, but let's just, you know. Unfortunately, I don't want to like you know talk crazy about him because he's injured. Mooney Ward's been better. Mooney Ward's been better for years now when it comes to that. So, yeah, I, I do trust in D'Amico Ryans when it comes to this. Like, if you look at the names on the front four, it could easily get you discouraged. And you could easily look at those names and say, well, it's not exactly great. But when you realize what they're good at, what D'Amico is about to put them in a position to do, I don't necessarily get as worried. And, again, this has to do with opponent. Now, if we were doing this before a Kansas City Chiefs game and this was the defensive line, I'd be scared to death. Travis Kelsey is going to be out there against who? Um, you know, what are you going to do on the back end? You can't just send Fred and, and Greenlaw with, with Kelsey out there. Like, those are the things that you have to ask questions about. But we're talking about this week. These are the Atlanta Falcons. And this is a different team. They have a different quarterback. And Arthur Smith is an offshoot of Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think that D'Amico Ryan is going to have a good idea of what they want to do and how they're going to run it. So I trust in D'Amico Ryan's man. I, I do think that this game is going to be a 49ers win. I just don't think it's going to be a win in the way that people believe it will be in terms of the way that the 49ers just dismantled the Carolina Panthers. Like, hey, I don't think if. I don't think it'll be that. I do think the 49ers are going to win this game. And actually, I'm going to make sure I put money on the 49ers winning this game. But it doesn't mean that the 49ers are going to win by 21, you know, 14. This game may come down to a little bit closer than people want to believe. And that's okay. Wins or wins in this league. Doesn't matter how you get them. I expect the 49ers to be able to handle it. And I do think that a large part of this is going to be on the back of D'Amico Ryan's and his defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, we, we talked about it, like a lot of these guys who are the 49ers backups on the defensive line could be, have been starters um, on other teams before. So they're also chomping at the bit, you know, they've, they've been a backup. Uh, They've been rotating, you know, so they're ready. You know, these guys are ready to step up San Ridgeway, you know, lining up where Eric Armstead has been. He's he'll see a lot of Falcons center, Drew Dowman and uh left guard, Elijah Wilkinson. Dowman, second year player out of Stanford. Also just five pressures allowed on the season and has yet to give up a sack this season. Wilkinson on the, on the other hand, four pressures and one sack allowed this season in four games. He missed week three. Um, all right, let's talk about the next guy who's in danger of missing this week, Nick Bosa. Right? We already talked a little bit about that, but we'll see more than just one guy playing his place, assuming that he does not play uh, Wait, this week. Wait, so you're missing
0: the... this week too? You?
1: <laughs> Me? Yeah. Why am I you're, missing? Because you're, you're,
0: you're Nick Bosa, literally. You're, you you <laughs> are Nick Bosa,
1: Steph. <laughs> oh my god, no! What a
0: what an incredible That's impersonation! So that is so and, funny, and, and, and it's so good. No, you're so funny, and you deserve all the flowers for for your impersonation. Promise.
1: You. I hope he sees him one day. That's like that's He's all I hope. I He's seen it. Seen He's seen it. Seen it. it just keep doing it. Like, just keep doing it. And he probably just laughed like eh, <laughs> eh, <laughs> he probably
0: like, huh, <laughs> huh, <laughs> huh. You know, <laughs> you know how he is. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs>
1: Uh, but, yeah, Nick Bosa. You know, I, I think we'll see a lot of guys fill in for Nick Bosa. It's not just going to be a one-guy effort, right? We're going to see Charles O'Manahue. We're going to see Kerry Hatter, who you mentioned. And we'll definitely get a better look at rookie Drake Jackson this week, I expect, as well. And oh, hopefully they'll have Ebukam, right? Like, that's another big question, right?
0: If Ebukam plays, then I feel much better. But I think right. a lot of people forget about Drake Jackson.
1: He, and Drake,
0: Jackson, Drake Jackson's been... He's 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 been brought along like, hey, play here and there when we mm-hmm. need you. We don't need you to automatically. But I think you're forgetting. A lot of people are forgetting. And God forbid the 49ers get into a lead in this game, which I suspect they will. Please don't allow the Atlanta Falcons get, to get into a straight drop back game. Please. Because that's when <laughs> things are going to start to go sideways.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, cause the Falcons are comfortable running the football. You want to make them as uncomfortable running the football as possible. And this defensive line has successfully been able to do that. Right. And you know, the Falcons offensive line is actually not as bad as you might think they have uh left tackle, Jake Matthews, right tackle, Caleb McGarry, uh, both, you know, pretty solid guys on the edge there. Um, And so it's not as bad as you think. They have the third highest pass blocking win rate in the NFL. But I'll just say this about this defense, though, kind of echoing what you said just a bit ago, Jay. uh, D'Amico Ryans, he's been extra creative this season, right? Like, he's been overloading one side of the line. They run stunts. He's blitzing. He's lining up Ufunga. Jimmy Ward in in the box. Like, like, okay, we trust D'Amico Ryans at this point. How do you think he attacks this offensive front of the Falcons? This week?
0: I think I think situationally, it'll come down to how he attacks them in terms of obvious passing downs. I don't think he's going to shy away from sending blitzes. I mean, I he hasn't shown that so far in, in, in this season, meaning like third and 14, right? It's an obvious passing down. Robert Sala would have just dropped everybody into cover three and just said, you know. Don't don't give up. 14. Nah, D'Amico sending guys like at you like and making you react. And and you know what? A lot of people want to give credit to this defense for their turnovers. But how much of that has to do with the fact that D'Amico Ryan's applies pressure to quarterbacks to make these turnovers happen? Meaning if you have to throw the ball a hair earlier or later or whatever it is, that leads to turnovers. And I think people forget that. So, yes, um, D'Amico Ryans is going to lead this team in the right direction. That's why D'Amico is going to be a head coach next year. That's why every single 49ers fan, please enjoy every single moment that D'Amico Ryans is your defensive coordinator because he'll be the head coach of the. Arizona Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> that would be uh, wild. I would yeah, hate yeah, that. I yeah, nope. yeah, uh, will
1: put that out into the
0: universe. Not, I, 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 but you didn't have to say that.
1: I'm editing that out. Think yeah, about teams that about to bad.
0: lose people, though. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, look, man. I want Cliff Kingsbury on a lifetime contract, but if any team was smart and they were looking to change their culture, build it around a defensive guy, D'Amico Ryans is your guy, man. And okay. you can keep Kyler Murray. And you can add D'Amico, and now the Arizona Cardinals are your adversary. But it's just that's one of the few teams that could use a D'Amico Ryan's. He's just his interactions, right? Like we love Robert Sala's energy, right? We loved it. But D'Amico, after an interception, and you know for a touchdown for Emmanuel Mosley, Aziz had a touch uh, an interception last season against the Vikings. He's the first one down the field like jumping into that. And do not discount the fact that D'Amico Ryan says played football at mm-hmm. the highest level. And yeah. those guys respect what he's saying. So um I'm just trying to enjoy D'Amico for the for the while that we have him in. I really am.
1: We have to and, and I'm trying to forget that you said he's going to
0: the I'm Eagles sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They'll get rid of, they'll get rid of Cliff before they get rid of collar. And that a hundred percent makes sense, but yeah, you know, hopefully Arizona shit. continues to be Arizona, and they won't make what you know the right call, you know, trade trade Kyler somewhere else, and and let Cliff get his hands on somebody else, like like if that if I was guessing, if I was hoping,
1: we'll see, we'll see.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. Let's talk
1: about these uh, Falcons running backs, okay? Cordell Patterson the more pop the most popular name in that room he's on IR they're not as effective running the ball as I mentioned without him and they're but like they're still committed to running the football last week uh uh, rookie Tyler Al Jair out of BYU 4.7 yards per carry average and he didn't have any touchdowns on the ground or he doesn't on the season actually uh last week against Tampa Bay A defensive front that I would probably compare most to the 49ers compared to all the other, like, I guess, uh, people, teams that the Falcons have played. Uh, He had 13 carries for 45 yards, uh, 3.5 yard per carry average. And then Caleb Puntley, uh, who's the backup, but they mix him in as well. He had eight carries, 34 yards. But another player who's involved in the Falcons run game is their quarterback, Marcus Mariota, who rushed for 61 yards last week against the Bucks, but I see a weakness with Marcus Mariota. Okay, more than one weakness, but about he, the, ob- the obvious weakness is that I see, something that the 49ers defense can exploit, even shorthanded. He does not take care of the football. Oh. He, is, he is second in most fumbles this season, behind uh. only Matt Ryan. He's fumbled mm. it seven times. Wait, uh, he's got-
0: who's he second behind? Matt the Ryan. guy he replaced?
1: That's hilarious,
0: isn't it? Matt it, Ryan, it I is think, had 11, he has 11 or
1: 12 fumbles. Which and
0: and insane. also, no matter what, if Matt Ryan out-fumbles him, can we both agree that Matt Ryan is the better quarterback?
1: Yeah. I okay. mean, so, yeah.
0: Again, my question to 49 fans, <laughs> is this team that you saw last season better than the team you're about to see this season? Steph?
1: No man. No
0: man.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Um no, I mean, and, and like I said, this this defense could definitely like if I'm the Miko Ryan's, I'm I'm looking at that and I'm like just you know, chomping at the bit because you know this you can tell, you know, throughout training camp and you know, even from what we've seen through these first five games this 49ers defense D'Amico Ryan's they've put an emphasis on you know generating turnovers and so I'm looking at seven fumbles for Mariota and I'm thinking let's get the eighth let's get the ninth you know what I mean so um yeah I'm that that would be my focus because even a less talented backup Less talented, quote-unquote, quote right? Because this defensive line, even the backups are quite talented. Even they can get, uh, you know, generate some turnovers and, you know, get some fumbles, things like that. Uh, but Mariotti has also been sacked 12 times. as ninth most, tied with a bunch of other quarterbacks. And uh, now the Falcons, the, the interesting thing with them is they have the second lowest pass attempts per game. Like I mentioned the fact that, you know, they love to run the,
0: run the football and the 49ers are where in run defense.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I know. So it's kind of like something's got to give, right? The Falcons yeah. are going to at some point I don't think they're going to get much going on the ground, hopefully, right? And they're going to have to throw the football. And what's going to happen? Well,
0: Steph, <laughs> sounds like it sounds like you're talking yourself into a 49ers victory no matter who's This out is there. what I do like, every week. But this is my thing, man. It's like, okay, I applaud 49ers fans who are humble and take the any given Sunday mantra, and they use that. You know, I applaud you guys. Me, on the other hand, oh, I'm going to turn up. This team is not as good as the 49ers, and the 49ers even in their decimated state. Nick Bolson might not play in this game. I don't see where exactly the 49ers lose this game unless they play their worst game of the season on both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball. And we haven't seen that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they they lost to Denver. Their offense largely cost them that game, okay? It wasn't the defense. I don't see where the Atlanta Falcons threaten The San Francisco 49ers, even in their decimated state with their injuries, to the point where you should sit there and be worried about this game. Sure, the game is going to be closer than you'd like it to be. I agree with that. But this 49ers team will win this game because they're better. They're just better. And they're better coached. They have a better roster. They have better depth. All of those things, they are better. And that's where I start to judge people when they say things about, well, trap game. I can overlook the Falcons. I'm Jason yeah, Aponte. I, <laughs> I'm Jason Aponte. I, 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 I'm not playing. I'm not playing on Sunday. I can I can overlook the Falcons. I guarantee you, Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers will not be overlooking the no. Atlanta Falcons.
1: Kyle Shanahan's looking at, you know, some Falcons defensive player in, you know, in his microscope right now as we speak, oh, probably.
0: <laughs> is if it's a white linebacker, you're cooked. That's it. That you're getting cooked. If you yeah. if you if you are a white linebacker in this league, Kyle Shanahan has you on his list and he is gonna attack you over and over and over again. I'm sorry.
1: I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> Steph Codel. <Cudillo. laughs> no, because I just saw that I just saw that podcast clip of like they, they don't even let white guys play
0: The cornerback, right? The Kelsey's, right? The two Kelseys. So look, I I love George Kittle, but Travis Kelsey is clearly the best tight end yeah, in football. I, yeah. Clearly. Like, yeah. like hands down. Like we I, I really. don't want any more discussions about this. But about it anymore. They were talking about cornerbacks and who speaks the most trash and they were like it was DBs and they were like yeah it's so bad that they don't allow white players to play cornerback anymore and it's like <laughs> can you find a lie? Look this isn't our statement. This isn't you know Puerto Rican Jay and and Steph. You're 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 Hispanic, right? Like yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't Steph and Jay's opinion. These are two white guys who play in the NFL. Like th- th- that's their opinion. But yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I literally just watched that clip right before I got yeah. On with me you too. That's why like you saying, over saying
1: over. that. That's why you saying that. hello made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking <laughs> of tight ends, speaking of tight ends, let's talk let's talk about the Falcons tight end. Coppitz, second yeah. year player. Last yeah. season versus the 49ers, uh, he had seven targets, four receptions, 77 yards. Of course. One ben of Ryan them was a big catch. Then.
0: One yeah. of them was a really big catch, though, down the sideline he's good. on every time. This episode. is really good at football. He's good. Let's just let's just say that. Yeah. yeah,
1: No, he's good. He he missed last week. Um, and so after four games. This season though he's averaging 5.5 targets, 2.5 receptions, 37.5 yards. So as a 49ers fan and a fantasy, fantasy football man, fantasy
0: manager? Yeah, fantasy I knew it. I
1: knew it. Uh I'm I'm going to ask you because I drafted him in one of my leagues, you know what what the hell is going on with Kyle Pitts, man?
0: I don't know that you have a better option sitting on somewhere on your waiver wire, don't, anything like that. Man. So if you drafted Kyle Pitts where you did, this is the week to bench him. But I will say this.
1: He's been benched, man. Bench- yeah. The- well, because I've been, okay. No, really kay. quickly. I'm going to segue out of go, like our preview really it. quickly go to talk it. about fantasy football really quickly. Okay. Because last week, you know, he was out and I was already thinking of benching him because he's been
0: he I mean it makes it easy anything. when he's out for the game. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: He and he hasn't done anything, right? So I was like, okay, shit. I, I picked up Tyler Conklin, who had been you know, he probably had how much did Tyler lowest, Conklin give you this week? The low I'll share that in a bit. <laughs> the lowest he had before last week was like he was a tight end three points. Yeah, he was a tight end He was and like and three something points. So I'm like, okay, that's his that's his floor, like eight points. I'm I'm cool with that. I could do that. And then I also picked up on a whim. Um oh freak, what's his name? The this what team? The other guy, Taysom Hill. I picked up Taysom Hill too. Oh, I started so Taysom Hill. So I picked Hill. I picked up both of them. And I was like, okay, okay, Taysom Hill's lowest total this season has been like one point or something like that. So I was like, that's his floor. So Steph, I'm like okay, the same I'm,
0: League. I started Taysom Hill <laughs> in our no, in our but Dynasty League.
1: The problem, the the problem, Jay, is that I didn't start Taysom Hill. I started, I
0: started. This was the week to do it, man. I, I promise you. Look, I, look, look. I got I got pushed against the wall in the in our in the same league that we're in, our dynasty league. I had Dawson Knox. He was knocked out as out, and I said, "Well, you know what? If I'm gonna take a swing on any tight end at this point, I am gonna take a swing on Taysom Hill, who is in my on my roster." Goodness gracious, Steph! I, I I lead the league in in points, everything. I I, sorry, I don't want to brag. I'm just I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Man. I started oh, well, I this week.
1: So I, you know, you can just imagine. To answer your earlier question, Conklin got me zero points. He was only targeted once. Oh, I know.
0: I started him. What the hell was that,
1: man? Game. So I'm I'm pissed, and and needless to say, I won't be starting Kyle Pitts this week because he's wow. going up against the 49ers defense. This, this so things won't get any easier for um, Kyle Pitts.
0: All right, so fantasy football. Let's just keep it like this. Who are your other options? Are I you? I told gonna run you. Back? I told you. Are my you going to run back options. to Conklin? You're going to run back you to Conklin. No. And and no, and if you play Justin Hill this he's week, I promise you, you're going to get burned. That's. I that's, promise you, you're going to get burned this week if you play Justin Hill. Um, this doesn't this help, not a good. It's not a good <laughs> feeling. It's not a good feeling to have Kyle Pitts right now. Promise you. Uh, look, look,
1: I'm not expecting Taysom Hill to get 40 points again. You know? Like I'm, that's not no, what I'm expecting. No, that's not going to happen. But he, he just needs, if he at least gets me like eight points, I'd be happy. But then again, if he's oh, back. Oh,
0: eight, if you need eight, then start I'll
1: be happy with eight. Do you know the most points I've gotten from my tight end position this week has, or, or this season has been like, well, it was Kyle Pitts best game of the season, 13.7 oh, points. they threw the ball, like, no. actually.
0: All right. So, look, to, to wrap up your fantasy football question. Yeah, yeah. If you have Kyle Pitts, where you drafted him, you're starting him this week. But the 49ers have been yeah, yeah. incredible at That's locking up tight ends. They've been. But you don't yeah. have a better option unless you are just going to throw a dart at a wall and hope. You Yeah, know, Taysom Hill. Right. Well, no, Taysom Hill. Like, that's are like.
1: Wait, no. Ooh,
0: <laughs> man, I'm so glad that I started him, man, uh, this past week. But, yeah. Um. Oh, sorry, Dez. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, look, Coppets is a threat, and he should be viewed as a threat. Real football, not fantasy football. Real threat. Like he should. Yeah. Like Cupits is not a tight end. Like I said,
1: he got he had 77 yards last
0: season against the Niners. Yeah. but Coppets is not a tight end. Like can we uh can we like start to like change the narrative with that? Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver masquerading as a tight end. My issue is Arthur Smith doesn't know what to do with him. And that's the issue that I'm fine with with the 49ers because they still don't know what to do with him at this point and he's he's got a hamstring injury yeah, Those yeah. things linger.
1: Mm-hmm. Those things
0: linger. So, does Kyle Pitch show up in this game and just, oh, he's 100%? I'm skeptical. So, unless you have a better option on the bench where you feel you know super safe, I'll, you got to start I'll, him. You got to start I'll, him.
1: I'll text, you. I'll, I'll text you later, okay? You got to start him,
0: more... Steph, You got to start him.
1: Okay, okay, you, fine. You got to start him. And look, okay, every fine, team
0: but... that I have Kyle Pitch, and this is every single team that I've done on redraft league in. I do two tight ends. The team that I'm most successful with, I drafted Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews back to back. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. see? See? Tight end and flex locked in every single week. No questions That's asked. That's money. That's money. But though. I'm in two leagues where I drafted Kyle Pitts and George Kittle. I'm sick right now in both of those leagues. But at the same time, you've got to run pits out there if you got a shot. All right. you've got to mean,
1: okay. There. Yeah, uh, fine, fine. You gotta
0: you gotta run pits I, out right. there if you got a shot.
1: All right, all right. Oh, but, but okay, because I was looking up stats and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely not doing this. 49ers defense holding opposing tight ends to an average of 6.2 targets, 4.2 receptions, 27.6 yards a game. That's pretty What's low. The, I would
0: ask I would ask you this. I would ask you this stuff real quick. The 49ers have played five games, right? Okay. Yeah. So week one, Cole Komet, whatever, in the rain. Nobody cares. Week two, no offense. Nobody cares. That was the, you know, the Seattle Seahawks are the best offense the 49ers have faced so far, too. Deal with it. That's just a, that's just a fact. Deal with it. Um Week three, um Albert O. Oh, mm-hmm. mm, yeah. Week four, um this past week. Ian Thomas.
1: Oh, you miss Higby.
0: Oh, Higby? Uh, whatever. Nah, eh, whatever. Uh, and then Albert O. Now you're looking at the first time the 49ers have faced a tight end that can actually tempt them down the field. Right? Like hey, so. Oh,
1: so I, I the reason I want to go back to Higby is because the Rams were, you know, using him a lot. High volume, lots of targets. They and shouldn't be using he, him he skewed, a lot. He skewed those numbers, like yes. those stats that I just posted. And so, are you, you're just saying Pitts could have a? Well,
0: what I'm saying is this: is Tyler Higby shouldn't be the second target when Allen Robinson is your wide receiver two on that team. Like Tyler Higby being there as a a you know safety valve. For me, if you're gonna play anybody this week, Kyle Pitts has to be in that discussion. And you know what, Steph? Let's talk about it later on. Touch me. I
1: know, I'm like, why <laughs> I'm I'm getting back to the preview, Jay. You're over here still trying to convince me to start Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I'm starting
0: Kyle Pitts. I just need somebody else to jump I... into the pool with me.
1: I don't want Kyle Pitts to have a good game.
0: No, man. I don't want him to have a good game either. But you know what? There's a world where Kyle Pitts has a good game and the 49ers win. That's the world I want to live in. Do you want to live in that world, Steph?
1: I do. I do. Okay. And, uh, okay, credit to these 49ers linebackers for always (laughs) limiting opposing tight ends. Fred Warner last week, he didn't allow any receptions uh, to – Anyone, really. I think he was targeted three times. No receptions allowed. He had nine tackles, two tackles for loss, six stops, a sack, and a pass breakup. Man does it all. And Drake Greenlaw, he also had six stops, nine solo tackles, allowed five receptions for 32 yards. I'm sorry, He's Dre. been incredible this season as well.
0: I'm sorry, Dre. I'm sorry. You got me. Does he deserve an apology? L. <laughs> it's on my head. You got it.
1: All right. Well, okay. Greenlaw, I, I know. I mean, week after week one, you thought to yourself, man. Same old Greenlaw. Same old Greenlaw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's incredible because, like, I don't know what's flipped. He flipped the switch because – and he got that extension, which normally it's the other way around, right? You get that extension and you're like, you okay, I got my money.
0: He just played – he just like – you know what, though? This he did is- relax, though. He did relax. And this is what I'm going to say, Steph. Is everything that we wanted from Greenlaw was to be controlled aggression, controlled, mm-hmm. like control it. He that feels he feels good now. Like and yeah. and you know what, I am always happy to be wrong on my 49ers takes when yeah, the too. when the when the player love succeeds. It. So I've got it. two L's that I need to hold on this 49ers defense. One for Drake Greenlaw. Two for Talanoa Fanga. Thank you, thank you guys for allowing me to hold those L's.
1: Well, I've been holding L's myself. I was pissed off that the 49ers, you know, were going to it's in my words trot out uh Tevin Coleman over Jordan Mason. And Hold up.
0: I was Tevin happy Coleman to be wrong hates about the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Tevin Coleman. I don't happy, know. Happy
1: what... happy to be wrong about that one. And I yeah. think he does it again cuz it's a it's a revenge,
0: revenge game. Revenge Talk game. to him. All right, real quick Steph. I don't want to take over your show, but I want to ask you this because revenge game is the only narrative that matters.
1: Hashtag there revenge.
0: are four re- revenge games right now on the docket for the San Francisco 49ers. All right? Kevin Coleman, mm-hmm. Daniel Brunskill, Kyle Shanahan, Bobby Turner. Whose revenge game is it?
1: It's everyone's. And that's Yes, everyone.
0: That's
1: <laughs> It's like, you get a revenge game. You get a revenge game. Everyone
0: you knows. You know what? I, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. The way that this league is set up, when you face a team that either has employed you at one time and didn't believe in you and, and this and that, you there's a revenge game. No, there's yeah. a revenge game. And do not tell me that Kyle Shanahan is sitting there and saying, well, you know, uh, I mean, it's just the uh, Atlanta Falcons and, uh, you know, uh, we got a lot of guys. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. Not
1: the inhale.
0: Oh, you know, the inhale is the best part. Well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, when you look back at the film, I mean, Tevin Coleman has been good for us for a long time. And, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, you know, people that we believe in and, you know, Kosh Shanahan, <laughs> Bobby Turner, Daniel Brunskill, who was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, Seven Coleman, who was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, all of them, revenge game, all of them. Talk to him, Dawson. Let him know, man.
1: Yeah. 3.0. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, okay. All right. Yes, revenge games all around. We love it. We love that narrative. Uh, You know, good talking point for the week, you know. uh, Drake Greenlaw, back, back to him. He actually leads the leads and stops. He's sixth in total tackles. He's been all over the place. All right, let's talk about these Falcons wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Drake London, we talked about him a little bit ago. Talented player. Impressive start of the season. But the last two weeks, he's been pretty quiet. Like, Very week quiet. four against the Cleveland, seven targets, two receptions, 17 yards. Week five against the Bucks, seven targets, four receptions, 35 yards. And don't get me started on the other Falcons wide receivers because I don't know anything about them. I
0: mean. <laughs> uh, uh, <Zaccheaus>, um, <laughs> I, I I don't even know who else is, like, supposed to line up. This is, again. 49ers Care, fans, I applaud Caridale you for Hodge. being humble. Yeah, Hodge. I, I, Hodge, I, I yeah. applaud 49ers fans for being humble. I applaud you. I really do. Me? Oh, me? I'm a turn up though. Me? When I look at, when I look at the other, when I look at this roster, when I look at these wide receivers, Julio Jones ain't walking through that door. No matter what you want to say about his diminished self right now at this point, he's injured again for Tampa. Bay. But this is all right. This is actual football analysis, real quick. Styles make fights in this league. They do. And a roster doesn't need to be better than another roster to give that roster problems. If that's the best way, I, I don't even know if that makes sense. But what I mean by that is there's teams that aren't better than you, but that can cause problems to your team that can cause problems and eventually lose you a game. So in 2019, right? 2019, the Atlanta Falcons roll into Santa Clara. They've got a bunch of injuries. Julio Jones is still on that team. Matt Ryan is still on that team. The biggest thing is Grady Jarrett was on that team, and he exposed a wart Mm -hmm. with that inside interior offensive line that would eventually show itself again in the Super Bowl. But that's where I'm at right now at this point, is Grady Jarrett's not enough to overcome the fact that this roster on the other side is barren. And it doesn't compare. So I will give you this. Sometimes teams lose to inferior opponents. But I would argue that those inferior opponents pose bigger matchup issues than you wanted to believe. And sometimes those matchup issues can lead you into a game that they can win. But this team doesn't necessarily do those same things. Julio Jones in 2019 was still that guy in 2019, even if it was for that one game. Grady Jarrett is still there, but it can't just be Grady Jarrett alone. So this is where I start to ask questions about how do you score points? How do you stylistically beat this 49ers team, even in a diminished state with all the injuries? And that's where I'm at with it. It's not me trying to disrespect teams, overlook them, anything like that. Stylistically. Can you do things that impact the 49ers? Can you do things that put you in a position to put the 49ers in a comfortable situation? I don't know if the Falcons have that. And I don't think they do. That's why I have the 49ers winning this game. It'll be a little bit closer than people want. It'll be a a little bit closer than people want. Maybe they win by 10. Maybe they win by 7. Maybe they win by 3. But I just don't feel in this way that this Falcons team, properly constructed, the way that it is, can present those challenges that previous Falcons teams have. That's it. And that's actual analysis. That's not me being, you know, a dork and talking about fantasy football and like that. <laughs> like, just trying to put that out there.
1: No, you're right. And shout out Melissa. She's been mentioning uh, Jarrett, you know, most of this episode in, in the comments. And shout out Chris, Christopher, because um, I'm doing the. Uh, 49ers offense preview with him tomorrow, uh, so you guys tune in for that because we'll talk about all of those matchups. Let's go, Christopher! The you about to offense. cook on this
0: offense? You about Who's to just cook? tell everybody that Jeff Wilson's going to go for 125 and Coleman's going to have two touchdowns? I love it. Christopher's in a, in a prime spot, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, let's. We're, we're over an hour here. Let's let's just uh, get through the 49ers secondary really quickly. Mooney Ward. Mooney Ward is him. All right he's in he's leading the league in past breakups with seven he had four last week against the panthers including that one in the end zone against uh, robbie anderson and per next Gen stats he is ranked first and highest tight window rate with 36.7 percent. he forced a tight window throw on four of six of his targets in week five versus the panthers And after the game i liked this quote from him he said i just hope they keep targeting me so i can start picking some of those balls off
0: that's Fear literally him. what that's literally what he did in Kansas City. And when you look at next gen stats and you look at tight window throws, he's at the top. He's at the top of it. And so many 49ers fans wanted to point out well, Jamar Chase, you know, beat him. Guys, it's okay. Jamar Chase is good at football. It's okay. But that defense that Mooney Ward. Was playing on is nowhere near the 49ers defense. So, sure, you want your splash signings, you want Tyron Matthew, you want this guy, that guy. This is exactly the right move. And he's been worth every single dollar and more. And let me further and get crazy on the hot take. He's the best. Man-to-man cover corner since Dion Sanders for the
1: 49ers. Oh.
0: I said what I said, okay? Said Richard said? Sherman was an All-Pro in 2019. No disrespect to Unc Sherman. No disrespect. Still a man. But cover, man, corner? That's not Sherman. And it never was Sherman, even during his prime in seattle mooney ward is the best man-to-man cover corner since dion sanders and i will debate anybody about that okay this is what leads D'Amico ryan's to being so flexible doing what he wants yes. mm-hmm. on the back end okay complimentary because- football exactly You have a guy who you know can lock down your one, and you're very comfortable with that, something the 49ers have not had for a long time. Deion Sanders played one season in in San Francisco, Santa Clara. But Mooney Ward is the closest to Deion that the 49ers have had for any corner since then. I don't feel it's a hot take. I don't feel that it's something that, you know, should be debated at this point. And no disrespect to Uncle Sherman. He worked perfectly well, cover. He's the smartest cornerback in the world. He made plays. He he was second-team All-Pro in 2019. But he did not cover man-to-man. And that's what makes this defense so special.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like you said, it's what makes uh, D'Amico Ryan's be able to be so flexible, he can be more aggressive, he can do those blitzes without worrying about you know his corners giving up, you know, a, a quick completion, things like that. So, complimentary football, and it, he's also a great run defender. Like, can we talk about that? Because that's zero
0: tackles it's, missed, it's, zero,
1: he's part of this game,
0: zero tackles missed, zero tackles missed as an outside corner. Outside corners are not supposed to tackle. Shout out to Deion mm-hmm. Sanders. He's the GOAT that's ever done it. That man didn't want to tackle. Zero <laughs> tackles missed. Zero for Mooney, Charverius, whatever. Mooney, if you're nasty, Charverius Ward regularly. if regularly. Whatever it is that you want to call him. Like, go for it.
1: <laughs> now let's talk about these safeties, all right? Just to, to cap off our show here. Deshaun Gibson telling who no Funga. You already mentioned you're holding an L on Hufunga uh they're still both in the top five of the highest graded safeties on pff we talked about you know how good gibson has been and kind of unexpected like going into the season we were worried about the safety position that was something mm-hmm. we were it was a question mark for us we were just hoping it would uh turn out well and again D'Amico ryan this is why you got to trust D'Amico ryan's because yes credit to Hufangov and credit to sean gibson Credit to Hufanga because going into the second year, he can tell, you can tell he put in the work. Um, You know, he did everything he could to, you know, up his game. But D'Amico Ryan's is the way that he's using him. It complements Hufanga's strengths. He's putting him in those positions to win. And that's what he does so well, D'Amico Ryan. So, what has happened? Having Hufanga meant for this defense and for Ryan's flexibility in what they're able to do on defense?
0: I think you're spot on when you talk about, you know, D'Amico Ryan's using him to his strengths. But I also think that our concerns kind of underplayed what Hufanga could be. And what I mean by that is he has two picks this season, should have had a third. That was Sean Gibson's one pick, and that was in Seattle. But I would argue that that was the best play noah Hofanga has had in his NFL career. Meaning, as a single safety, having to color, cover Tyler Lockett and cover him so well that you were able to jump the route underneath, have it bounce off your hands and get into Gibson's hands, it alleviates the idea that we were worried about Will he be a liability in coverage? One thing that you really cannot, I guess, evaluate, find, knows for the ball. And he's somehow always around it, always, always. And there's nothing that needs to be said about those things. Like D'Amico knows when to put him in spots where he can just fire and run down the line and mm-hmm. go for it. It's fun. But having the trust in him to, on the back end, cover Tyler Lockett, who, if you – I implore any 49ers fan to go look at all of his stat lines. He's been crushing it this year in terms of the way that Geno Smith's been getting him the ball. He actually had a pretty good game against the 49ers, but it didn't matter. They didn't score points.
1: been cooking now. But putting
0: putting Tyler Hufanga in a spot where he can cover those guys – it just implies that Hufanga has two things in his favor. One, he's working harder than anybody else is in terms of the film room and looking and the way that teams are attacking because he can see it happening before it happens. Literally, his pick six against the Rams was the same thing that Jimmy Ward had in that same Monday Night Football last year against the against the Rams. The same exact play. But that goes to show you a guy who is prepared and is sure of himself and right now isn't taking any false steps, knows what he's looking at, and is playing fast and downhill. Shout out to Funga. I've got to hold a big-ass L when it comes to me being concerned about him because he has been lights out at the strong safety position, man. And I love Joukowsky's heart. Love him. Big Joukowsky's heart guy. That's my homie. It's a big homie. But Hufanga has done things, turning the ball over, that just he hasn't so far. And I, I don't think there's much of a debate when it comes to that.
1: Yeah. And you you know, you don't even have to say that. Like it's, it's no knock on tart, you know. It's not. It's just Ufanga has just you know, we I don't even think we were expecting this type of no. second year leap from him. So you know, we, we just gotta give that credit where it's due. And uh, you know, hopefully throughout the season he continues to get even better. Is that asking for too much? I'm like, man, can he get even better? Like that's that's the crazy part. I think he, he's can. only in his second year. That's the crazy can. part. I know I you can. That's the crazy thing. So yeah, dude. All right, Jay, thank you so much. This has been a really fun episode. Uh <laughs> From from all the the fantasy football talk, fantasy football,
0: no. me just rambling, yeah, how, all that the cow yeah. Shanahan
1: impression. Let's talk about that because I think you need to do a TikTok of your cow. Maybe Shanahan right? Impression. Like
0: I I seen you kind of run with it, and I'm like, man, you know what? My cow impression, I've got I've got the the cow hat, I've got an outfit yeah. that is similar. I think I can pull it can off, it. but you know what, man? That would be downplaying how good you are at the Nick Bosa thing, man. Like that shit is incredible. Like for you to make Reddit. Right. And for you to it? have that for you to have that posted on Reddit and have them oh, it, in the, the comments one, the not one. crush you because Reddit, like no matter how, how disgusting you think Twitter is when it comes to yeah. comments, Reddit is three thousand times worse when it comes to that. <laughs> all of them universally praise your Nick Bolson impression. That's when I knew. I was like, all right, Steph got it, because those people on Reddit are the sickest and worst person in the world.
1: I forgot that first video did get on Reddit. I forgot about that. Yeah. So
0: I'll Dawson, man. Channel, man. Da- Make sure you tap into his channel, man. Make sure you subscribe to his channel, man. I appreciate you, Dawson, as always. Man. You guys big like LSU. 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 Yep. Big LSU, Big Niners guy, man. Make sure you subscribe to his channel. Shout out to Dawson, man. TDP's hey, so- coming back, buddy. Let's cook. Let's
1: go. It's time. It's time. Uh, but Jay, yeah, man, thanks so much. You guys watching, thanks for tuning in. Um, and make sure that you like, subscribe. You know, <laughs> give us a thumbs up. Uh, you Not know, Matthew
0: McConaughey.
1: You know what to do with that like button. Give it a thumbs up, and uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, have a good rest of your night, y'all. Peace.